Welcome back to 20-something, the podcast where we make conversations about self-development more fun because we're in our 20s and life is not that serious. Today, we're going to cut straight to the chase. We're going to go over six alternative investments that you can start investing in even with limited amounts of capital in 2022. This list is not exhaustive. There are definitely more than six that exist, but I'm about six feet deep in project work. So for the sake of time this week, we're just going to do six as opposed to 20 like I usually would to keep it on brand. All six of these are investments that I'm personally considering in 2022 or have already invested in. Right now, I'm in high savings mode. I want to pile up cash so that as this recession hits, I can plow into investments over a period of a year or so. I have to give a disclaimer. Obviously, this is not financial advice. It's not investment advice. This is for educational purposes only to broaden your horizons on the range of investments that are out there based on my personal experience. I find myself getting more and more into alternative investments as a larger percentage of my portfolio over time. Still, I try to remind myself that just because the public markets don't look so glamorous right now doesn't mean that they're obsolete. Bear markets also happen to be the best time to buy into public stocks because there's a high chance that they're discounted. Alternative investments are just a fun way to spice up my portfolio and diversify a little, but again, not investment advice. Let's get started. The number one alternative investment is real estate funds like Fundrise or Realpha that let you buy fractional ownership of real estate online. The idea behind these is that real estate is a popular alternative investment, arguably the most popular, but you traditionally need large amounts of capital and knowledge of what makes for a good property. And you need to spend so much time and effort looking for deals to be able to successfully invest in real estate. So nowadays there are some newer platforms online, like the two that I know of are Fundrise and Realpha. They make it really easy to invest in real estate on your own, just from home, from your laptop. And it leaves most of the work to the platform. It's a pretty innovative business model if you think about it. They basically let you buy equity in specific properties on their websites, kind of like when you buy shares of companies on an investing app like Robinhood. I know that Realpha specifically focuses on short-term rental vacation properties because those often have a higher yield than long-term rental properties. Fundrise, I don't think, has the same focus, but their entire marketing point is they've, that they've outperformed public REITs and they've outperformed public index funds by being able to cut out the middlemen. Fundrise has only been around since something like 2012, but they have already earned north of like 200 million in dividends for their investors. The caveat with these kind of platforms is that you have to be aware that you are relying on people who work for the platform being able to make high quality investment decisions when because they're the ones choosing what properties to buy. So if they pick bad deals, the fund won't do well. And if they make good decisions, the fund will do well. What makes it a little bit more trustworthy is that the platform often retains some stake in the properties that they're buying also. So they have skin in the game and that can give some comfort that their interests are aligned with yours. So Realpha, for example, retains something like up to 51% stake in all of the properties that they're buying. Number two is staking Ethereum or other cryptocurrencies. 
If you own crypto, you can earn more crypto as a reward by using your existing holdings to vouch for transactions on the blockchain. That's what staking is. It's essentially like earning interest on your crypto for lending it to the network. Kind of like having a savings account at a traditional bank. If you want to know more about like why that's necessary and what it's used for, I would just do more research on your own. But essentially, since the merge, Ethereum 2.0 now runs on a proof-of-stake consensus mechanism. So transactions are validated by people who are literally invested in the blockchain through staking instead of having transactions be validated by miners solving complex math problems, which uses a lot more energy. Staking crypto can be a source of passive income for people who are planning on holding their crypto longer term. If you're doing like higher frequency trading, obviously don't do it because it won't give you liquidity. When you stake your crypto, you're agreeing to lock it away for a specific period of time during which you don't have access to it. And in return, you earn a predetermined percentage of the amount that you have staked. On Binance, for example, you can earn like 6% on any ETH that you stake. You can earn 7.5% on Solana. Solana, I know the prices faltered a bit because of the whole FTX scandal, so I'm staying away from that, but you get the point. Um, Coinbase also has a few coins that you can stake. When it comes to staking, I would stick to mainstream coins like Ethereum, or at least stick to something that I have a minimum amount of confidence that I understand, because the risk is that if the currency goes down in value, you can wipe out your staking rewards. Number three is domain names. This is something I've talked about briefly a little bit before. So people who have been listening to the podcast for a while know that this is like a side hobby of mine. Domain names are website URLs, I guess. So things like www.google.com. The idea is that like with any investment, you buy a domain name, hold it for some period, and then sell it for a higher price than what you paid for it, and you pocket the difference. Domain names are essentially digital real estate. So the same way that you can invest in real estate in the physical realm, domain names, I see them as being real estate on the internet. They're inherently valuable because they're scarce. One of the key characteristics of a valuable asset is scarcity. If something exists only in limited quantity or accessibility is limited, it becomes valuable because not everyone can have it. So domain names are inherently scarce because you can only have one google.com you can only have one facebook.com they're also valuable because they're the necessary backbone to any online business a lot of companies cannot run without a domain name that somehow reflects their company name on which they like carry out most of their business or have information about the company so if you can get your hands on a domain that a company one day needs to buy from you you can stand to make a lot of money now how do you actually invest in domain names it's not as hard as you'd think Um, I guess the step-by-step process is first set up an account with a domain registrar or a web hosting service. So the biggest and most trusted one is GoDaddy. That's the one that I use. Having a GoDaddy account allows you to register new domain names or you can purchase domain names that already exist on a secondary marketplace. So for example, I claimed 20somethingpod.com before anyone else on the internet had registered it. So I paid close to nothing for it. It was pretty much only registration fees, which are something like, I don't know, like $2.99 a year, it's nothing. But on the other hand, when I bought, um, let's say when I bought vrsportscard.com, I also hold that one, it had already been registered by someone else in the past, so I had to buy it off of them on the secondary marketplace. So I had to pay a lot more for that one. 
Once you've set up that account, step two is start searching for domains that you think could be valuable or that contain keywords related to high growth industries, things like crypto, AI, robotics, whatever you're interested in. Things that could sound like a business name could also be good. Generally, the simpler, the better. So the shorter and the simpler domain name, the more valuable it is. Even domain names related to upcoming events. So things like if you could get FIFA World Cup 2026.com, that could be a good buy because when it comes, when that event comes around, that organization who hosts the event might be forced to buy it off of you. Step three is once you've purchased a domain, you can either hold it for some period of time before listing it at a higher price, or you could immediately flip it and list it right away. The caveat with this is that, of course, it can be hard to value domain names correctly. There's no way to like formulaically calculate what a domain name is worth, but GoDaddy usually suggests an estimated value that they think it could be worth. So that's at least one data point that could give you an idea of a price. One of the biggest domain marketplaces you can trade on is Afternic. Afternic is affiliated with GoDaddy. They're, I'm pretty sure they're owned by the same company. That's Domain names are actually a pretty fun investment. Again, if you're willing to put the time into it, I've kind of turned it into a bit of a hobby. So it's a lot of fun. Number four, invest in a certification or course that increases your earning power. The best way to explain this is through an example. Let's say you're a student. If you're a student, either you can work a minimum wage job on you know the evenings and weekends, which is like, I think minimum wage is $12 an hour in Illinois. And maybe you make some tips on top of that, which sucks to put it point blank. Alternatively, you can spend a weekend doing a certification in something, anything that you enjoy. Literally, it could be like massage therapy, or maybe you take a personal training course. That certification may cost you a few hundred dollars, but you consider that in your investment And that course could immediately triple, quadruple your earnings capacity for the next X amount of years that the certification is valid. So you're making way more than you were before, and you're probably going to pay back the money that you paid to get the certification fairly quickly and then start earning return on your quote unquote investment. I know a ton of gym rats who do this with PT training. I heard of a girl doing her master's who did it with massage therapy and went from making like $15 an hour to $200 an hour on the weekends. I have a girlfriend who, when we were 19, invested in doing a whole like nail tech course so that she could start doing people's nails from her house because that's what she loved. Like those are all amazing examples. You could even take a basic coding class and then start getting paid to help people on their websites. Or you could take a course in Google ads and then sell that as a service. The list goes on, but it's actually could be a very lucrative investment to pay for a certification or course that in a short period of time multiplies your earnings power. Number five is fine wine. Wine is classified as investment because it appreciates in value over time, almost always. The older a wine is, the better the quality and the more people are willing to pay for it. Wine is easy to conceptualize because it's a physical commodity, but the good thing is you can invest in it through digital platforms. So there are websites like VinoVest, SomTrust. Those are two examples of like startup wine investment funds. They both have websites where you can invest any sum of money. I think the minimum something very small, like somewhere between one and $3,000. And then they use your money to source undervalued fine wines that they think will appreciate over time. And in return, you get a portion of the return on the bottles of wine in the portfolio, depending on how well the portfolio did. This one's good for people who are more comfortable with investments in a physical thing versus something digital like cryptocurrency. 
even buying shares of a company that doesn't make a physical product, so like tech companies, can be hard for some people to conceptualize, especially if you're still getting started in investing. With wine, I think of it as actually being generally safe because it's very rare that a bottle of wine would go down in value over time unless it was like wildly overpaid for it. That being said, again, because it's a safer investment, I would not expect outsized returns. Because risk is positively correlated with return, low risk generally means low return. So like I would not expect to 10x my money on fine wine, but as an asset class, it has been shown to outperform a lot of index funds. So if you're a wine connoisseur, that could be something to chew on um, or sip on, I guess. The sixth and final investment that I want to talk about is crypto. I left crypto for last, despite it obviously being my biggest alternative investment, because I don't even really consider it as an alternative. Alt investments have this reputation of being these weird, obscure investment classes that go over most people's head. I do not think that crypto fits that definition by any means. Of course, at the time of recording, there's a lot of volatility happening in crypto markets right now. We're just dealing with this huge like FTX and Binance scandal. Regardless, I think that fundamentally there's something to be said about being an early participant or an early investor in an innovation that ends up being revolutionary. What's crazy is that, yes, like crypto first appeared in 2008. It was ages ago. That's when the original white paper was published. But still today, you could almost you almost see it still being in its adoption phase. So I think the potential for upside in the future is still way larger than what has already the growth that has already been seen in crypto. People who invested in crypto in like 2008, 2009, 2010, they were early, of course, but still people who now are investing and building a portfolio of cryptocurrencies, they're still early too, because again, it's still in its adoption phase. It's still evolving and transforming very rapidly. It has not hit mass market adoption. It has a lot of limitations and complications and kinks still being worked out. I've lost a lot of interest in Bitcoin over the past like year-ish, and I've definitely turned my attention to Ethereum purely because like personally, I think the use cases for Ethereum are a lot more interesting. If you think about it, Bitcoin more closely resembles a commodity. The Ethereum network, on the other hand, it has a lot of innovation happening. It's very use case focused. It seems like a tool that has the potential to underpin a big part of what the economy could look like decades from now. ETH, the currency, is a security, and it just happens to be backed by that network. But what I'm saying is, like, I'm more excited about the thing backing Ethereum than I am excited about things like Bitcoin or other currencies. So that's why I'm investing in ETH and not Bitcoin. I'm also not going to talk about shitcoins on this podcast. If you want to hear about shitcoins, you can find other podcasts on that. I'm just telling you about what I'm doing personally. My plan is to slowly accumulate ETH. I have a high conviction that there's going to be another bull run in crypto. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know how big it's going to be. Anybody who tries to give you a specific price target for Ethereum in the next 10 years is pulling numbers out of their ass because there are so many moving parts that it's just impossible to pinpoint exactly what it might look like one, five, even 10 years from now. But there's a very high probability that another bull run will happen eventually. And when that does, it's going to be extremely lucrative for a lot of people who had trust in crypto and did not lose faith during the bear market just because they got scared when they saw the price was going down. So what I'm doing is taking a set percentage of any income that I make and I'm using that to buy Ethereum about once a month and then doing that as long as it takes until there's a next bull run. With that being said, that is it. That's our list. Those are six alternative investments that you can buy into right now, even if you're only working with super small amounts of capital, just by doing a little bit of research on your own. 
And again, this is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just a random person on the internet sharing ideas that I find interesting and telling you what I'm personally investing in. Listen, we're all just doing our best out here. Like if you're in your 20s and you're already actively making investments, you're probably ahead of the crowd of most people our age. So feel free to do your own thing. Like always take what you like, leave what you don't from what I've said. The purpose of this is more just to open the door and give you a little bit of a taste um, of some of the investments that exist beyond just stocks and bonds. When I first broke past that barrier, it's crazy how many things I started to see as an investment. And this is only the start. And obviously the world outside of like the public markets too tends to be a lot more interesting. So I've turned it into a little bit of a hobby. editing just wanted to pop in and ask if you could please rate and review 20 something on apple podcasts i do not do sponsors on the pod and i would like to keep it that way the only thing that i ask of you is that you rate leave a review on the pod if you don't know what to say just tell me what your favorite episode is and if you know someone who you think would find value out of these episodes send it to them send it to your best friend send it to your mom ratings reviews and referrals are the main things that help podcasts grow on platforms like this so it would be a huge help to help me reach more people with the pod. I'm also actively looking for more guests to have on. So if you or anyone you know would be interested in coming on and have something they're an expert about that they can talk about, you can find my email in the show notes. Just send me a quick message and I'd love to chat with you there.